Hey guys, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve. And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge. Let's get on with the show. What's up guys, Coach Steve here. and Welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner. Today I'm joined with our coach, co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how you doing today? I'm really well, thanks Coach Steve. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Are you ready to step into the ring, the coach's ring? You're in the red corner. I'm in the green, in the green corner, blue corner, blue corner. I'm not, I'm not green yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to offer our tip for the week. Are you excited, Nick? Yeah, I can't wait. I'm ready to go. Ready to rumble. Ready to rumble. All right. Ding, ding. Nick, you're up first. Uh, what advice do you have for us this week? Here I go. So my advice is a little bit around hunger. So let's talk about hunger. And as soon as you hear the word hunger, what comes up for you? So just have a think about that. If you're listening to me speak at the moment, what sort of things come up for you when you hear the word hunger? Does it instill fear in you? Does it make you think it is something that is difficult? Is it hard? Is there any part of you that goes, okay, just accepts it? Where are you at with that? So firstly, let's just sit with that. How does it feel? Okay, so let me just assume that you have thought, oh, I don't like hunger. I don't like feeling hungry. Hunger is bad, Um, that kind of thing. So we're talking about, we're not talking about, um, we're basically talking about this in a diet phase as well. So let me just just say that as well. So I want to talk about why we should embrace the suck. That's a bit of a David Goggins term, a Navy SEAL term, but we will use it to our advantage here. So why should we embrace something that's hard? Why? Firstly, let me say, let me flip it around and say hard in this instance may not be bad. Secondly, there is no cheat code to cheat your way around hunger. So we're not playing a video game where you suddenly can get, I'm not even good at video games, but you can get a special code that gets you through to the next level and you don't have to do anything. This is one that you might have to sit with. And thirdly, this is another one of those books. um, The obstacle, which is the hunger, might actually be the way. So I did not make that up. There's a book called The Obstacle is the Way. So that's a really good book. I have not even read it, but Shane tells me that every day. Yeah, Ryan Ryan Holiday. Yeah, so I've read one of his other ones, but I think he's quite good. So if you want to look that book up, look it up. So I, Steve, you will love this. This will be your favorite thing. You will just be so happy that I did this. Um, Hard. What does hard stand for? Okay. H, honor the feeling. A, adapt to it. Uh, resilience to it, and D, dedication to the goal. So if you honour the feeling of hunger, so the H, if you if you think with hunger hard, honour the feeling, so feel it, understand that it's there and respect it and then sit with it. So honour it, say, okay, it's okay, you're allowed to be there. It doesn't mean I'm going to do anything about you. Now, this is, we're talking about when you're in a dieting phase and you may feel hunger and you've had your calories and say it's nighttime and you usually snack on a bar of chocolate or whatever it is, but you're trying to establish new habits. That's where we're at. Or you might write to us on the forum, I'm on this diet and I feel hungry. Instead of us saying what we might say to you, you know, ways to manage your hunger, sometimes in a dieting phase, there's no way around it. The only way you can manage it is to honor the feeling, adapt to it, 
which means let it become okay for you somehow. Um, develop resilience. So say you are not going to win and then dedication to your goal. So that means sticking to what you have promised yourself that you're going to do for long-term happiness rather than long-term satisfaction rather than short-term satisfaction. So um, honour, adapt, resilience, dedication. What do you think of that? Do you like it? I like it. I like it. I'm going to yeah. steal that from you. Yes. Well, of course. Well, you can steal it. Um, <laughs> you could actually, you because you edit these podcasts, you could totally edit me out and <laughs> say that you said it. Um, so, yes, in any cases, in any of these situations or um, anything that you can think of that um, applies to your life that's hard, often you've had to embrace the suck or embrace hard times to get through. So I'm thinking even when we were recently climbing in the Grampians and we had to get to the pinnacle, uh, there were a lot of moments where within our family, because there are four different characters, four different people, where we could have said, right, that's it. I've had enough. I've got a blister. Um, I'm thirsty. I'm just trying to think of a few other quotes. My knees are sore. Uh, my, my bum is sore. <laughs> I'm tired. But we knew that we would be able to see ourselves through and get back down again because we had embraced the suck. We knew that hiking wasn't going to be fun. We didn't do it for fun. And that is the same, unfortunately, as quote unquote dieting. It doesn't always have to be something that you have to take away pain from. So our society is obsessed with soothing people's pain, um, you know, ways to make your stomach feel full when it's not. What about just sitting with it? What about allowing your body to feel that? Now, this is not saying, please don't take, get me wrong and think that I'm saying starve yourself. This is within our calories, which is always, they're always calculated to be okay for you for your body weight, for your goals. We don't do anything extreme whatsoever. So this is about developing new habits and maybe feeling a little bit hungry occasionally. This is not about not eating for five days. It's very, very different. Um, so yeah, keep a sense of perspective. And remember, as you said last week, um, which was a quote from Tom Hanks, Coach Steve, this too shall pass. So that's really one to think of. It will go the feeling does go. So I'm thinking more about usually when you're busy during the day, you've got your meals, everything, that's all good. You know, it's usually people say, how do I get through this nighttime hunger? That nighttime when I'm about to go to bed, that's where you've got to let that wave wash over you. You've got to stay with that wave because it does go away as well. It's probably similar to being addicted to other things. The, the wave does go away. So um, I'm not talking about terrible addictions either I'm just talking about perhaps if you're addicted to chocolate and, and or, or caffeine you know you can get through those sorts of things um yeah so engage in that work on yourself that does suck because otherwise you will never ever get through it to the other side you will always fill yourself up so you don't have to feel that. So there's going to be a point where if you want to get through, break through to the other side, you will need to embrace that. So find ways to embrace it. Um, so I've just quickly got some ways. So I don't want to tell you to find ways but not have the ways. So let me see how quickly Coach Nick can give you a few lessons. 
So firstly, you have to figure out a way to overcome it in order to make progression. So you need to think about it as a non-negative thing. So how can you progress? So it might be, say for me, like, cause I'm certainly human. If I feel hungry at nighttime, providing I've done everything that I need to do and I've had all the foods that I'm supposed to and everything, I will pack up downstairs and if you don't have a downstairs, you can think about it differently, you know, remove yourself from that environment. So I go, okay, the kitchen's over. We've moved on from each other. I'm done. Kitchen's closed, I say, and then I move on. So I don't snack while I'm watching something. I go, okay, dinner, then move on. Because a lot of people associate a movie with their snacking. So I would say move on. Um so you can sort of either move on or you can sort of stay there and then you will be the same. So I do sound a little bit like David Goggins, but probably a nicer version because I reckon he's pretty hardcore. Um, yeah, persevere. So the, that's the second one. Why are you putting yourself through this? So you'll have to keep coming back to your why. And if you go, I don't know, then you've got to think about it because when that hunger comes, how are you going to embrace it and actually see it as your friend if you don't know why you're doing it. Um, so you can actually create mental toughness through this. Um, it's a way to put ourselves through something that isn't terrible. It's feeling, it actually has a good outcome for you if you're sticking to everything. You're gonna feel slightly hungry when you are on a diet, you are. It's just the way it is. Um, you, you have created some friction in your life, something that is unpleasant because you want to move to a different level in your life. So it's the same as hiking. The mountains, the rocks, they're friction. You want to move over them. You want to see what's on the other side. If you've never seen what's on the other side, you're going to have to find a way to climb, okay? Just say you're like me and you only bought runners. I still did it. I found a way to put my feet into each thing. I would slip sometimes. I look like a, a dick, but... I made it and I made it back down and I'm alive and I got mental toughness from it because I was very not tough before this and now I'm tough after my mountain. So practicing during the struggles. So um, you will get to do that over and over again in this challenge, create those habits that you can then take with you. So if you feel hungry, ask yourself, is it something that I need to fix or can I sit with it? Is it part of my routine accidentally to snack on something and why am I doing that ask yourself why what are you trying to fill because that is the answer as to why you perhaps got yourself into a situation where you were eating more calories than you needed so the body doesn't need as many calories as we all pretty much have all the time um it's different like if we're talking about muscle building it's very very different it's actually the opposite sometimes you have to embrace the suck of always feeling full but having to eat more so this is all in physique sports as well because we're, we're talking about an aesthetic body here um yeah so the other one that i quite like and then i'll leave it um embracing the suck looks different for everyone so it depends on your circumstances and where you are in life but um I think it's really good. And someone said this to me once and I was like, oh, I hate you. I don't believe this. This is so stupid. But fake it till you make it. So act like a person that you would like to be. So have a look at one of your friends or someone in your family who you think they don't think about food all the time. They just eat and then they walk away and they are they might not be physically necessarily full, 
they might still be what you call hungry. Why are they not fixated? What has gone on for you? And that's a bit out of my pay grade, you know, to go into like, what is it background, but what has gone on that, that you need to fill it with something. So have a little, just to have a little bit of think about that. But at the end of the day, don't try and take away something that's actually there to help you. It's your body's signal that you are in a calorie deficit and you are doing okay. Don't forget to reach out to us as well. So ask any questions and I am being a little bit tough, but I think that's fair. I think it's okay to be tough sometimes. And I'm going to embrace the suck of being tough. And maybe some people won't like me for saying this and I'm okay with it. (laughs) No, no, I I like it, Nick. I like it. And I think, uh, you know, acceptance-based dieting, is a powerful movement where you know we need to understand that hey if i choose to engage in a diet i need to accept that i'm going to experience these things i'm going to experience hunger right just like i accept that i'm going to feel discomfort when i'm going to go train later today right when i'm when i've got a heavy load on my, my, my back or in my arms or whatever i'm doing i need to accept that these things are going to happen to me <clears throat> And if you're always looking for ways to negate a negative experience or an uncomfortable experience or a fearful experience, uh, that is where we grow, right? And if we're constantly trying to disregard that, how are we meant to build resilience in that area? And, um, you know, we see this a lot in a new movement in the uh, like physical therapy world. And I'm speaking as, as an osteopath here where uh, uh, cl- clinicians are starting to question the idea of, you know, is our ultimate goal for a patient to remove their pain, right? And part of the rehabilitation process is to build resilience in pain where previously a, a an eight out of 10 pain, you know, in the future, we want that to be maybe a one out of 10 pain. Like, you know, we, we don't wanna completely get rid of pain. Pain is an important experience that we have. Like, how do you know your hand's burning? You need to feel the pain to take your hand away from the fire, right? But if we're constantly navigating us way through life to avoid pain where do we grow how do we build resilience and we see this in strength training individuals where you know their pain tolerance is much higher where you know like let's say right right now this minute you know i have a little bit of what i call lower back discomfort you know i've been training quite hard lately you know i've been struggling with recovery aspects mainly around sleep so my lower back a little bit sensitive so you can see the language that I'm using there where I'm not, you know, avoiding training because I have a sensitive lower back, a little bit of discomfort in my back. I'm not avoiding the pain. It's just there. I acknowledge it. I accept it as part of the training process. And I know that it's not dangerous as part of my, my growth. So think of that when you're approaching your dieting, you know, are you willing to accept that there's going to be some discomfort? Um, and the last thing I want to say, Nick, is there's a, there's a, 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 a story in buddhism okay here we go let's get a little bit spiritual in buddhism and it was first i heard it from uh, eric trexler and he described it as you know you're sitting by a river and on the river is a whole bunch of leaves and you know the leaves can be all different colors just to make it a visual experience you're sitting by the by the river and you're watching the water flow and on top of the water are all these leaves of different shapes and colors and sizes uh floating on by Right, and that's you experiencing this thing of life. You know, we're just watching the leaves pass by and you get to choose which leaves you want to grab and engage with. Which ones do you want to grab and look at? Which ones do you want to grab and examine and, and, and 
ponder with and even keep you know you get to choose what you engage with you know some leaves are much bigger and prominent maybe they're shining they're sparkling they got your name on it oh yeah i'm gonna have to grab that one um but hunger is just like that experience of the river where you know that it's it's there it's present you get to choose if you want to engage with it meaning you know do you want it to stay with you do you want it to really affect you do you want it to change your behaviors in your environment right now or are you going to watch it go on by and say, hey, hi, hunger, bye, hunger, and let it go. And you get to make that choice. Sometimes it's a lot harder to make that choice. Um, but if you had other more important things going on, hey, you know, you're, you're busy at work, you're busy with life, you're hungry right now, but geez, I've got screaming kids at me and the dog wants to go outside to go to the toilet and, you know, I've got phone calls and things happening. All right, that hunger comes and goes as quickly as, as you notice it. So sometimes you know it's obvious that we're hungry because of a certain reason um, and sometimes you know it's easy just to simply watch it go past mm. very good very zen very zen we went from david goggins to buddhism yeah well we went, okay. went from david goggins throwing a bit of stoicism with ryan holiday and then um a bit of bit of buddhism so we, yeah. we've, we've hit all the major religions basically yeah david cockett is a religion yeah well he is you know it's, it's... <laughs> that's, yeah. that's so good so good. look nick i want to take us on a journey today a journey to understand the concept of overload mm-hmm. concept of overload now stick with me it's going to be important and we're going to walk away with some key actionable points so firstly what is overload Overload is this idea where we are applying a stimulus to ourselves, which is above a certain threshold that it elicits an adaption and elicits a response. And we call this gas, the general adaption syndrome. Okay. Mm -hmm. Meaning that when we apply stimulus or stress to the body in a range of different varieties, and we'll give a few examples. um, If the stimulus is above a certain threshold, our body needs to adapt to it. And if we're exposed to that stimulus in a repetitive nature, our body will adapt. And that, Nick, is our superpower as humans, that we adapt to things, which is really, really cool. Now, we can talk firstly about adaption in in training, right? You know, you want to get bigger biceps. What do we do? We need to train our biceps. We need to be applying a stimulus to our biceps that elicits or creates a growth response where our biceps get bigger, our biceps get stronger, okay? And we do that by doing bicep curls and we need to be doing bicep curls to a level that is challenging, that is hard, that is going to force our body to adapt to that. So if you've been training for some time and you normally grab the five kilo dumbbells and you're doing you know 10 repetitions of a bicep curl, There's only so long that you keep doing repetitions of a bicep curl at five kilos for 10 repetitions before the body goes, hey, this is no longer stimulating. It's no longer um, going to elicit a response. It's not an overload stimulus. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, let's take this idea just away from training because often we're, we're, we're pigeonhole ourselves around training, nutrition. Let's use other examples. A good one is something like you're trying to learn something new. You're trying to learn a language. Okay, so let's say um, you're trying to learn Spanish and your conversational level is, you could say, hi, you're hola, 
um, and you say, como estas? Like, you know, how are you? And you could respond, you go, bueno, itu, you know, like, I'm good, how are you? Uh, and that's about as far as you go with your Spanish. Now, if you want to get better at Spanish, and you've just experienced my complete limit of my Spanish, right? If I want to get better at Spanish, I can't sit there and try to read the same line over and over again. Hola, como estas? I say that like a real, real Aussie, hola, <laughs> you know, so instead of going like hola, como estas, and then I just say that over and over again, that's not going to make me better at Spanish. I need to apply a stimulus, an overload stimulus that is challenging. It's going to force me to adapt and grow. We apply it to another skill. Let's say you're trying to learn a uh, an instrument. You're trying to play the piano. You know, you can't sit there and play Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star over and over again. Uh, trying to get better and be able to play Beethoven, you need to apply a stimulus that is challenging enough that you get better over time. Now, when we talk about training, bring us all the way back to training, we often get bogged up in this concept that's thrown around a lot of progressive overload. And that's, that's true, right? But I think most of us think of the idea of progressive overload as in something that we need to... Uh, grow every single session like we need to progress every every single session which may not always be the case okay the primary principle is overload and that overload needs to be progressive but you don't need to apply progressive overload meaning that in session one it doesn't need to be x and then session two doesn't need to be x plus one and then session three needs to be x plus two it doesn't need to be progressive overload it needs to be overload that is progressive and that's important the language distinction okay so primarily overload in a training sense is defined as training and exercise where we are getting close to failure of the muscle okay where the muscle is no longer able to complete a repetition um, without assistance or help. Okay. Now, the closer we get to failure, the greater the overload and the greater the response, the, st the, the stimulus to elicit a response. So there'd be a, a strength response or a hypertrophy response, building muscle. Um, now, the problem is that the closer we get to failure, the, the greater we experience fatigue, tiredness, the more uncomfortable it becomes. Um, and then, you know, the more we risk other failures such as absolute failure where you know maybe tissues failure as in like hey you might experience an injury okay so we we need to balance it up where we go okay well we can't go to absolute failure every time absolute failure looks different to different people you know there's an idea of volition failure where we don't have enough velocity or speed to complete another um, repetition but if we were to reset and regroove we might be able to complete more another one might be technical failure where hey you know you're doing bicep curls but now you're not really doing bicep curls anymore. You're doing like a, a weird kipping swing. It looks like a kettlebell swing, but you're calling it a bicep curl. So you're like, well, you're not really doing bicep curls anymore. You're more doing like a shoulder swing and calling it a bicep curl. So we need to understand that when we're training, we're trying to apply an overload stimulus where we're challenging the muscle and trying to target a muscle so we can cause it to grow. Most of us, unfortunately, never really experience true failure. And that might be due to inexperience, a bit of fear, a bit of um, worry that we're going to injure ourselves and uh, maybe a few other factors put in there. And there's this really cool study, which uh, I'll, I'll talk about here, where I, I, I might just super summarize the, the summary. And basically they had a bunch of uh, American athletes, American football athletes, 
they had them in the gym. They said, how much do you bench, bro? Uh, you know, I bench 100 kilos. Okay, bro. Put on 225 pounds on the bar and it says, how many reps do you do? And they go, oh, I do 10 repetitions. Okay, cool. Um, what's, the, what's the max you can bench? Yeah, I can bench, you know, 225 pounds or 100 kilos for 10 repetitions. All right. So they had this athlete doing their, their bench press. As they got to eight repetitions, nine repetitions, the researchers of the study said, keep going, keep going, get more, get more, get more. Uh, and what we found with this sample size, I think it was about 20 or 30 athletes, was the, the average extra repetitions that they were able to achieve beyond the number that they gave was about five repetitions. So these athletes that said, hey, I benched you know, 100 kilos for 10 repetitions, on average, most of them benched 15. So they said that their max was 10, but they were able to uh, bench press 15. Now, this is an athlete, someone who's been, you know, their, their primary existence is to compete in a sporting environment. If we extrapolate that to, you know, the, the, the average person you see in the gym, myself, you included Nick, most of us may not be training to true failure. So if we are saying, hey, you know, train to absolute failure, or maybe two reps shy of failure, or four reps shy of failure, you know, RIR4 or RPE6, whatever it is, most of us just simply aren't going there. You know, we're nowhere near there. And that might be a variety of reasons. We mentally don't know how to get there. We're not stimulated enough. We don't have the right environment. We don't have the right support around us, X, Y, and Z. So what what can we do how do we know if we are going to an overload stimulus okay here are some proxies or uh, substitutes that we can determine if we are going there firstly i would say that while you're training you want to see a decrease in the speed that you're completing a repetition so if you're doing a leg press you film yourself you're watching yourself back rep number one speedy Whew, speedy gonzalez off you go bang Rep two, speedy. Rep three, speedy. Rep four, ooh, the, the leg press doesn't move as quick. Rep five, it starts to slow down a little bit. Rep six, a little bit slower. Rep seven, a little bit slower. What you want to see is that there is a, a, a decrease in what we call contractility of the muscle, so that you're unable to create the same amount of force or speed in the movement. So that's what we want to see. And if that speed slowly goes down over time, great, we're getting closer to an overload stimulus. That's the first thing. Secondly, we do want to see some change in our technique. So in the perfect, perfect world, we want to be able to complete a technique that looks identical. You're filming yourself. You don't know if it's rep one or rep 10. They all look bang, 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 exactly the same as each other. Same start point, same end point, same range of motion. What we do want to see is that, you know, towards the end, we do see a little bit of technical failure. Your body's struggling. That's all we want to see. So if you are slowing down and the technique is is changing, that's a good thing that we know that we're getting close to an overload stimulus. The third one, so that we know that we're confident that we're eliciting fatigue, that we're eliciting an overload stimulus, is that between sets, either of the same exercise or the similar muscle groups, we see a decrease in performance. So let's say you're doing a leg press again. Set number one, you might get 10 repetitions. Set number two, you struggle a little bit, get maybe eight repetitions, and then set number three, you get six repetitions. So over those three sets, you see a decrease in performance because by set number three, your quadriceps, your glutes, your legs have had so much of a stimulus that it started to decrease in performance. That's a good sign. You know that you've reached overload stimulus. Main point, Nick, that I wanna make with overload is that when I watch videos of people training online, challenges, posting videos on themselves training, I think many of us are just so far away 
from an overload stimulus, which may be the limiting factor in progress. The reason why they aren't able to see their muscles grow, the reason why they can't transform their body is simply because we're not training at a high enough intensity. So my advice, try getting a few more reps in. You know, if the technique changes slightly, that's okay. If you slow down a little bit, that's okay. If you need to utilize equipment that make you, makes you feel a bit safer, let's say like a leg press, you know, strap yourself in, you've got the safety pins, off you go, how many reps can you do? Another one, maybe leg extension, strap yourself in, how many reps can you do? Experience what it's like to go to failure where you just cannot do any more reps. And if you can't do any more reps, try to do a few more reps. Take a, do a, do a rest pause, take a moment for, you know, uh, like five seconds, do another couple of reps, experience what it's like going a true failure. Great. That is the experience, the discomfort that we're trying to chase. And if you can get close to that with most of your sessions, whew, you are set for uh, some really exciting progress. So overload, get your reps in, embrace some discomfort and, Ooh, kind of marries up with what you're saying, Nick, you know, just, just embrace the suck because it's, 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 it's how we grow. Yeah, for sure. And um, something like, you know, a barbell back squat can sometimes be a bit daunting to to do that on. And that's where um, if you've got the benefit of, say, a hack squat or a pendulum squat kicking around, that's a good um, apparatus to try to experiment with this sort of stuff. Because the worst that can happen is you get stuck at the bottom, you know, same, same as a barbell back squat, but just in people's heads, they get a bit worried about that sort of a free weight type situation. So, um, yeah, I think I, I love all of that. And I, I've got to say that um, if you've ever done it, you, you know what it feels like. Yeah. You're a bit scared of going into the gym. Yeah. And look, I, I would say the, the classic character characteristics of someone who is not trained to an overload stimulus is someone who maybe wants to do lots and lots of sets, lots and lots of exercise, wants to maybe train every single day. Because I guarantee if you do, you know, I'll throw a number out there. You do three hard squat sets of uh, a leg exercise. I don't know, pendulum, hack squat, leg press, barbell back squat, whatever it is. You do three good hard sets. Uh, you probably can't train your legs very hard for, you know, the, the, the next session. And you wouldn't be doing that more than, you know, one or two times a week. Okay. So if you are feeling the urge to train seven days a week, if you're feeling the urge to do 20, 30 sets of exercise per session, or even adding more exercise to your program, such as I want to do uh, cardio, I want to do a hit session, I want to go for a long ride or you name it. I would start to question of it and say, Hey, are you training to a high enough intensity where you're reaching an overload stimulus because your body should be struggling? <laughs> you you should be to a point where you go, hey, I, I just I, I don't want to do any more than four sessions this week. I don't want to do any more than 10 sets in a single session. Um, you know, I'm still feeling it from last time because I trained so hard. And that's when we know that we're growing. Uh, and that's when we graduate into this kind of advanced level trainee where we go, hey, you know, you 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 your progress is no longer linear. You need to take like a deload where you you rest for a week and then you're able to apply again because the stimulus is so high. Because we're we're basically focusing on a, a higher dose. You know, it's literally like a medication. We you know we're we're learning how to apply a larger stimulus to us, and uh, because of that, we would need to modify our frequency. So the, 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 this is when we start to go into these advanced category. Okay, train hard, get to failure, watch yourself grow. Embrace the suck. Embrace the suck. How good.
Yeah. Nick, let's wrap it up there for this episode of the Coach's Corner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know, and we'll catch you next week uh, for episode number four of the Coach's Corner. Yes, yay. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend. Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.